As artists who create custom work, we don't have the same ability as some other entrepreneurs to scale our businesses. It's like we're on a hamster wheel. If we want to make more money, we have to do more work, right? Well, sort of. <laughs> Although custom photography may not be scalable in the same way that manufacturing widgets is, I have two suggestions that I believe will help you create a more sustainable business model. And that's what we're talking about today. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. When you talk to a lot of business people, they like to talk about the importance of being able to scale. That's not scalable, they'll say, by which they mean that's not worth doing. The difference between scalable and non-scalable basically boils down to, does it take more time and resources to make more money, or can you front load your time and resources and then make more or less unlimited money? So, for example, let's say you're a painter. The reason original paintings can be so expensive is that each canvas that is produced represents time and effort on the part of the artist, right? But you can buy a print of a painting for a fraction of the cost because the artist has put in the major time and materials once and then they can run off a million prints with very low time and effort. So original paintings are not scalable and prints of paintings are scalable. As custom photographers, whether you're shooting weddings or headshots or families or boudoir, your work is generally not scalable. And that's why people like the idea of getting into stock photography or selling prints of their work or somehow landing that magical gig where you get to put art on the walls of a big hotel chain for a ton of money. But the market for scalable photography is super, super fierce. A glance on Etsy for instance, will tell you that people sell photo prints at extremely low margins. In other words, they don't charge much more than it costs them to make the prints, especially since most Etsy sellers are making and ordering prints one at a time as their orders come in. Making $5 a print in a marketplace where you're competing with thousands of other photographers seems like a rough way to try and make a living. So what's the solution? Well, in my opinion, we need to do two things. First, we need to really embrace and underline the fact that we provide a custom, non-scalable service. So you and I are not the only people who look on Etsy and see an 8x10 fine art print that's listed for $7, right? Our clients see that too. And that's part of the reason that people get so shocked when they call to find out what it costs to work with you and your session fee is $300 or your 8x10 print costs $80. I truly don't think that most people mean to be offensive when they uh, choke or gasp <laughs> when you give them your prices, but there is legitimately this cognitive dissonance thing that's happening when they see pricing that's all over the place like that. So... You have to be ready and willing to confidently educate your audience about the service you provide. 
Take family photos, for instance. You know and I know that what we provide as family photographers is completely different from what a portrait studio at the mall provides or what the big box school photo people provide. So why on earth would we ever even think about what those companies are offering or what their pricing is when we are trying to think about what we offer or what we charge? It's complete apples to oranges, but I hear it all the time. You know, you talk to somebody and they'll say, nobody's going to pay whatever it is or want this other thing that I'm offering because they're used to this other thing. And then they're talking about the mall portrait place or the um, school photo company and and they're trying to compare those two things. And if you're one of the photographers who doubts themselves and thinks about those price comparisons, even just in the back of your head, that says to me that you have not fully embraced the fact that you are not in competition with the mall photo studio. If you have embraced that, it wouldn't even occur to you to check those prices. So the work starts there. It's really a mindset. We have to understand and believe in the value of the custom service that we provide so that we can approach talking about what we do and selling our services from a place of integrity and confidence. And although it's not particularly fun, I think that the easiest way that you do that is to take a real inventory of your expenses and your time because that will help you very quickly realize that what may seem like premium pricing when it's viewed on its own is actually just accounting for a reasonable paycheck for the hours and the effort that go into creating custom work on a one-to-one -one basis. And so once you embrace that, you communicate it at every turn. When you are talking about or writing about your process in your web copy or your social media captions, um, you're going to play up the custom nature of your work. You're going to focus on the extreme um, intimacy, really, of the photographer-subject relationship and the way that that is something that you take very seriously and that uh, requires a certain amount of time. My brother is a furniture maker, and when he first started doing custom furniture, people would contact him and they would ask him to do more or less replicas. They would, you know, send him a photo from West Elm and say, I really like these chairs. Um, how much would it cost for you to make chairs like that for me? And of course, they were hoping that by contacting him, they might be able to get that at a lower price. But he can't even begin to compete with pricing, you know, when he's comparing work that he's doing by hand in every stage from the design process to the actual hand finishing to something that is created at scale in a factory. It's just a completely different thing. So he would come back to these people with quotes that were two, three, four times what the cost from the catalog was. And he was feeling super frustrated. He felt not only misunderstood or, you know, underappreciated or anything like that. He, he just felt like people were, price shopping and they were and then he had this genius idea I guess um, he started to go on Instagram 
and he um, got really good actually and still is really good at creating these time-lapse videos of him creating furniture so you know different parts of not the whole thing necessarily but like assembling a chair when he had all the pieces and so you know he creates these little clips and he posts them on Instagram and he has grown an enormous following and what he is doing with those it's entertaining I mean he writes funny captions and he does um, and it's I think it's kind of an interesting behind the scenes look for people but also people have started to understand the amount of work that goes into the products that he is creating so over the past few years he has gone from people who are calling him not only to not create designs, um, which they were doing in the beginning where they wanted him to just replicate somebody else's design, but now they are, they come into that conversation with a full understanding that this is a custom piece. It's going to take all this time. It's going to be like hand, you know, every bit of it's going to be touched by hand. And so they anticipate those higher prices. And he has a wait list that's, you know, a year plus long at this point because he communicated the difference of the custom experience. So the first step in running a successful business that doesn't scale is to embrace that we are providing this custom service and we need to get our mindset and our pricing in line with the fact that we are always going to be in the business of trading time for money. And then the second step is to get really, really smart about the time that we do have. Just because we're providing a custom service, that does not mean that we can't automate and streamline and outsource. We can, and we should. <laughs> maybe people are hiring you for your photos, so maybe you can't really outsource the, outsource the actual shooting, but in theory, you could outsource or automate pretty much every other step if you chose to. I used to not have any balance at all when it came to this. For years, I went all in on the custom thing. I felt like um, if I was going to charge really high prices, which I calculated I was going to need to, to do that, I was going to need to create everything from scratch so that people would feel like they were getting um, a product that they could not get anywhere else. So... I, you have probably heard me talk about the fact that I did in-person sales, but it went way beyond that. I had a large format fine art printer and I used to make and cut and mat and even frame my own prints. I designed all my albums. I designed wall galleries for people. I even for a while was hand making fine art folios, which was like, I was doing like bookmaking. Um, I did it all. And it's, there was nothing wrong with that. I used it as a point of differentiation. I, you know, made it clear to people that they were getting something they couldn't get from other photographers. It was something that I talked about. I used it in my um, social media and I used it to, again, justify my price point. But it was the absolute opposite of scalable. It was spending so, so many hours for every dollar that I earned. Those were very hard earned dollars and there were only so many hours in the week. So once I realized that I needed to optimize my business and make it more efficient, I began to understand that that need to justify my pricing was really in my head. 
And I have now gotten to the point where nearly everything in my workflow is outsourced or automated, except for the actual shooting part. And my clients, many of them have been with me through all the stages of my business. They don't seem to care. They want my photos of their families and the rest was mostly in my head. So the ways that I streamline and maximize my time in my business, I told you in the last episode that I use a client management software solution that saves me a ton of time and always tells me like, this is what you need to be doing today. These are the tasks that are due. And that takes a ton of bandwidth out of my head and puts it into a computer, which is great. I outsource my editing. I use the simple sales system for all of my client communication and education and then the selling of my um, products and digital files after the fact. I let my clients design their own albums, which I now pitch to them as a really fun feature that saves them some money. I have email templates, not only within the simple sales system, but in every facet of my business, I very rarely handwrite an email from scratch if it is something that has to do with work. And then um, I have my clients do all of their order ordering directly through my online gallery software. I don't manage shipping. I don't manage packaging. Everything ships directly to them. This is antithetical to what I used to do. It used to be that everything was like hand wrapped and branded and all this sort of stuff. But I am making the same amount of money or more, and I have so much more time in my business. Ultimately, they are getting the same product. And this isn't going to be something that every single business, it's not going to be right in every single business. And I don't mean to say that. I just mean to say that you need to be really careful that you are not telling yourself some kind of fairy tale about what your clients do and do not care about. And when it's something that doesn't truly impact your work or your client's experience, it can be eliminated, automated, or outsourced. Now, the amazing thing about streamlining my time and charging enough that I can pay myself a reasonable wage is that I now have the space and capacity to do things that set my custom non-scalable business apart from anything that my clients could ever get from a big box version of portrait photography, except that now I'm doing that in a way that doesn't eat up all my time. So I write handwritten thank you notes to my clients. I send gifts at the holidays. I am friends with a lot of my clients on social media and I'll, you know, comment on their posts and I'll um, interact with them on a regular basis. And then there are actually clients who I um, interact with in person as well. I will go out for coffee or lunch or drinks once in a while with them. And as much as that makes my clients happy, the truth is it really makes me happy too. Um, as you know, or maybe you're learning, my tagline here is uh, that I help photographers create profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. And this is the love part. This is where I get to create a business that I uh, that I want to wake up and run every day. That is the whole point of being a business owner, right? If you are interested in more ideas on how you can make the most of your non-scalable business, 
I have a little present for you. I will link to the, um, it's a little freebie that I made and I will link to that in the show notes or you can head over to thiscan'tbethatheart.com slash zero one zero and download the cheat sheet that I made for you, um, which has five things that you can consider letting go of in your business and five new creative ways to make your clients feel loved and loyal. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.